0: I think that Abraham Lincoln might have been one of the worst presidents we ever had.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 118 of Grumpy Old Ben's for Friday, December 11th, 2020. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America just outside of Chirac, where the weather's getting colder, but the scams are getting hotter.
0: And from America's left coast, where on the 14th day of Christmas, my true gov gave to me two weeks to flatten the curve. I'm Ryan Bemrose.
1: Jade Inslee gave you another two weeks to flatten the curve. Uh, yeah, he's he's not calling it
0: a lockdown because he's not it. it it's it, it's an end run. He's not going all newsome and saying, you you know, we're going to send the cops to you. What what they're doing is uh, kind of the same thing they've already been doing, which is uh, everybody, you know, new restrictions and all shops and businesses must enforce them or they lose their their business license which is is i think a lot worse than sending the sheriff to everybody because it means that you're kind of deputizing everybody who really wants their business to survive and so it's do you want to go out of business because you have no business or do you want to go out of business because the state comes down on you
1: well that's been Anyways, the threat that here. yeah that's been the threat here though when it comes to the restaurants it's not we're going to shut you down but it's like well We control your liquor license, and if you're open, that's going to be the first thing to go. Or here in Illinois, they also license uh, usually bars, things like that, that have gaming in them. So, you know, they have a few of the video poker machines or whatever. They control that as well. So those are the current threats that they're using for the restaurant owners, the small business owners to be like, well, hey, if you defy us, well, you won't be able to sell alcohol in a lot of these places. That is a big part of their business when they're open. When you have indoor dining, there's no question about it. But right now, that is a very small part of their business. I mean, I know some of them they did early on in this. They had exemptions where like the local pub that the wife and I go to all the time. They were allowing people to buy Bottles of wine or other alcoholic beverages to go, which was you know always a a no 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 alcoholic beverages to go, so they made that exception. but now, if it's like well, you're still having people come in for indoor dining, we're going to take your liquor license away, then that's just as bad as shutting them down for a lot of these businesses
0: i i yeah and i I want to unfortunately I look around here and i'm 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 being very heartened by the number of stories I'm seeing of, com- of of shops of companies of uh restaurants that are just saying okay enough is enough fuck this noise I don't care what the governor says in this unconstitutional order and they're opening up anyway. Unfortunately not any of those that I've found in my city. Uh I'm I'm choosing to believe because of the left coast, but at some point every restaurant owner is going to have to make the the choice, make the decision, do the calculus that is, do we want to risk maybe Jay fucking Inslee takes away our business license or do we want to just go out of business because he won't let us have any business and and we've been hemorrhaging money since March? I mean, at, at some point, every restaurant and shop owner is going to have to make the decision of, uh, you know, I'm going out of business either way, so I may as well you know, offload some of my inventory and and make my customers happy.
1: Right. Everybody should be responsible for making their own choice, deciding what kind of risk they want to take. And there still is risk out there. I mean, I talked about it on Random Thoughts, and I know you listen to that before anybody else does. So, you know, that a good friend of our family just passed away. He was yeah. 78 years old, but this was a covid death. There was no question about it because this was exactly what happened. cough and high fever, really bad body aches, and unfortunately, he was a guy's guy who very often don't want to get medical attention, so he didn't ask for any medical attention, didn't go in until it seems it was way too late to do so. Real men die sick. Yeah, and that is how a lot of the mentality is, and it's, uh, you know, I'm not that way. I mean, if I get a cough, (laughs) I mean, my doctor's going to know about it. Before anybody else does be like, hey, give me some of that uh, Invermectin or what do you got? Uh,
0: Listen, I'm not stupid. I'm taking vitamin D supplements. But at the same time, it's really difficult to it's difficult if if you are aware of what's going on out in the world and not just being snowed over by the propaganda. It's difficult to identify medical assistants that you really trust, because if you pick the wrong one then you might just have a sniffle or a common cold and go in and they give you COVID and then kill you on a ventilator. And okay. That's, that's an extreme case, but a likely case is they stick a swab up your nose, you get a false positive and suddenly you're yet another test. And right now the, the real criminals in this, I mean, other than the governors who are all douchebags um, for enforcing, Ridiculous lockdowns, but the real criminals in this whole COVID mess are the completely healthy people going out and getting a COVID test every five minutes. Right, and right. each and every one of those is a positive test, which is feeding into the case numbers, which is what's being used to justify continuing the lockdown until 2035.
1: Yeah. Well, that's that was the interesting stat that Bill O'Reilly brought last night, which was. It appears that right now, 5% total of the country has had this virus or currently has the virus, however you want to go. And that's based upon testing. And we know there's a lot of really uh, way more false positives than any normal science would like. But even if we assume that number is correct, 5% of the country, still not that high of a number when you really look at it.
0: Well, it's, it's
1: not herd immunity, I'll tell you that. No, no, it's certainly not. I mean, that's going to be, they're saying what, like 70% or so? Um, so, yeah. It's I going mean, to, we
0: will get there, kicking and screaming if necessary, but there's nothing that governments have been able to do ever in the history of the world to actually prevent the spread of this other than, well, actually, Stalin probably came close. He came up with a foolproof technique that would prevent people from getting sick. Kill them but I first. I don't think we want to, yeah, but I don't know that we want to go there just yet. <laughs>
1: If you're dead, you're not gonna get this virus. Also, also known as the Gates solution. Yeah, well, he just wants he wants population control. That's not killing it. And wait, no, that does sound like killing everybody. I don't know. It's a little they bit strange. T- t- the
0: phrase population control, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I mean, they tried birth control and convincing people not to have kids, and it's kind of working on millennials in first world countries, but for some reason, all of the people in in Africa and India and uh You're not getting the the message, I don't think.
1: Well, this pulmonologist who was out of, I think, Wisconsin, that was before the Senate committee talking about the Invermectin. I think I'm saying that correctly. The drug they found, which yeah, like stuff. like hydrochloroquine has been around for decades. Oh, this, yeah. This has been we used, used to, to use it on our horses all the time. Yeah. It treats. That's exactly it. it. Treats worms. It's used for dogs. It's used for horses. And they found out that. It is very effective at curing, it seems, this coronavirus, and as a prophylactic measure, which they talked about on No Agenda yesterday. There was, I think, it was Brazil. There was one of those other, you know, countries way far away, so nobody in the United States would ever pay attention to them. Who had, well, it, like, what? It was twelve hundred uh, frontline healthcare workers. Eight hundred of them. They started on this drug. None of them got COVID. The other 400 that they didn't put on the drug, 58% got COVID. So that's. that's Yeah,
0: it it takes the, it takes the same. It's a general purpose, low level antibiotic. It takes the same position as the Z pack in the, the, the miracle cure that nobody wants to talk about, which is the, the quinine plus the zinc plus a low level antibiotic. it works you go get you know zinc supplements are cheap uh quinine I think you is that do you have to have an a uh, a uh, um you have to have a doctor prescribe that for quinine yeah.
1: quinine is dangerous at this point, but the hydrochloroquine is the well, same say it's dangerous
0: but but i don't know if if you can get your hands on some some hydrochloric hydrochloric acid whatever it is that you drink to get your <laughs> quinine
1: Hydrochloroquine um, is different. <laughs> Than hydrochloric acid. (laughs) Just a little bit.
0: Well, yeah, and some of them are more safe than others. Anyways, I don't don't mind me. I was on Hog Story last night. Did I mention
1: I heard that you were on, (laughs) you were drinking, you were having fun. I was expecting a more hungover Ryan Bemrose today. You you're not here. You're not looking. (laughs) Even the cat is like, those are some
0: big bags under your eyes right now. (laughs) He's like, What were you doing last night? And you're like,
1: Don't blame me. I was with Fletcher. Yeah. I I,
0: hate that guy could party on microphone.
1: So can Carolyn. Yeah. And here's, here's the the really big joke. They don't drink at all. They just let everybody else get drunk and they just pretend. So the next day they're like, woo, I'm ready to go. And you, well, maybe not so much. Oh, I'm good with it. And
0: a good time was had by all, I tell you what though, I hit my limit about 15 minutes before the show ended. And then, you know, show ends and I'm like, Hey, uh, Dame Bemrose, you're, you're on microphone. Now I'm, I'm done here.
1: You're tagging her in. You're like, I'm, I'm out of here. You're, you're oh, yeah. in,
0: and then, and then apparently they ended up talking for another two hours. The family that
1: podcast together stays together.
0: So I feel like uh, this being uh, in theory, a tech show that we would be remiss if we didn't talk about
1: the YouTube
0: step toward thought
1: control. Yeah, this is big news, big news, big news. It's being covered everywhere, even on Bill O'Reilly show. And I know I mentioned that a lot. And he's not a tech guy. He, he's a self-proclaimed Luddite. And even this was on his radar. The fact that YouTube has come out and said, you know, anybody that makes any video at all that even questions this election are going to be taken down and their accounts probably banned and you'll never be allowed to post video again. And no matter what you feel happened in this particular election this should scare the crap out of you if you want a free and open society where people can discuss anything because this is this is more than thought control at this point this is just absolute censorship and again this is we're going down this slippery slope again of well they're not the government and they can decide what kind of content they want and what kind they don't but where do we wind up when something like this happens
0: well, where where we wind up is is that YouTube really is behaving like a, a a tin pot blog, and the only reason why they don't have the the numbers they deserve, which is you know a few hundred people who all happen to agree lockstep, is that they started out becoming huge and becoming de facto the place to post video. Right. And I, I see with with places like Bitshoot, with places like. Uh, Pornhub um there are other places that are gaining traction precisely because YouTube is turning into a total shithole uh uh, you know the other thing that's helping by the way with that is uh they have stepped up their ads by fourfold oh yeah and uh, even even my brother who generally is perfectly happy to put up with ads and thinks that I'm completely ridiculous for blocking them all Uh, is going yeah youtube's got a lot of ads and uh can you show me how to put up a pie hole
1: (laughs) well yeah i've noticed this big time lately more than any time in the past that going to on the roku anyway now going to and watching youtube videos many more ads are getting through and i think that's because the roku is going through a router which is using the DNS for the unlocator service, which I use that for major league baseball games, you know, during the season because they want to do all the stupid blackout stuff. And I don't believe I have that DNS. I have to double check. I don't think I have the, that routers DNS going through the pie hole, but I need to change that because all of a sudden, yeah, very recently big change. And it's not just the usual It used to just be like one quick, 15 second ad that you could skip after yeah. like five seconds and i don't care about that i'll deal with that but when it's like multiple ads and you have to watch the whole thing i mean it's like no
0: yeah and and a the business end of this is is pretty obvious and that is that youtube has oversold their inventory and have have reached a point where i you know i i don't i can't imagine that it's a matter of needing money but there might be some kind of of accounting tricks that say, you know, the billions that we're raking in, isn't enough. And you know, this, this category over here is, is running low or running at it. I don't know. There, there might be some accounting reason why they think they need more money, but they have very clearly oversold their inventory. Uh, they are banning videos left and right, banning producers left and right. And, you know, even if that number of people that they're kicking off the platform is low, uh, the chilling effect of of their rampant censorship is, if it hasn't already, is going to be causing a, a significant decline in the number of people who sign up. Now, whether that decline is is enough to make up for their continued growth, I don't know. Whether or not they care, I don't know. Um, Google employees seem to have a, a long history of not giving a fuck if the company's profitable as long as the company is is changing the world for the leftists but it, it well when it comes what i do know is if if you are considering posting a video and i i'm i'm speaking to you as the general group not you specifically who may or may not have recently posted a
1: video i did um there are other platforms there and are you need to consider those they have the other plat well this is a multi-tiered thing because the other platforms do have less eyeballs and this is something we've seen in tech Forever, there's a reason why Amazon. The network effect. Well, which which effect? The network effect. Well, yes, because the more Amazon, people you have, the more people you get. And Amazon being first, the network effect worked for them. eBay being first, I mean, we've talked about that before. There was nothing all that special about eBay when it came to what they were doing. They were just first, and that's where everybody wound up. When it comes to YouTube, are we really sure Google's making money on this service yet? Because we all know bandwidth and hard drive space costs money. And when you're dealing with the amount of videos that are being uploaded to YouTube, I'm not sure this is making them money. And some of this censorship, I'm not even sure is because they want to censor that type of uh, content, that type of dangerous ideas. I think a lot of it may be advertiser based because we know we're living in the land of the cancel, which is, excuse me, if somebody says something you don't like, the first thing they do is go after the advertisers. So they're in a very weird place when it comes to being a social media site because they are relying on advertisers in order to you know keep all this stuff going. And if somebody posts something that is anti social justice warrior all this stuff, you know those groups are going to go after the advertisers and they're going to be like, "Well, nope, the advertisers are they're backing out." And then YouTube can't do business because they're going to run out of money or they're going to be losing a lot of money. I'm sure Google could fund them, but it would make it a a big time money loser for them. And they certainly don't want to do that. But if you're running a thing like they are, which is anybody can share videos about anything when you try to stop anything that may piss anybody off or may be controversial to anybody, then you may as well not have a service at all.
0: Well, the one good thing about cancel culture is that it is so aggressive that I give it uh, m- maybe on the outside another year before it cancels itself. <laughs> that would be nice. Just c- I, it's gonna have. I mean, it does a whole lot of damage on the way through, and and that's a problem. But uh, cancel culture will not be with us indefinitely. At some point, it it's. <laughs> I mean, the problem is that uh, cancel culture relies on singling out somebody else, othering them, and then utterly removing them from existence in, in whatever way you can. And the moment you've done that, then the only thing left to do, because this is your this is your entire reason for being, if you're cancel culture, is you have to find another group. Other them and remove them and then continue and you continue the process and the number of people who are left who the number of people who are allowed to stay virtuous is dwindling because you, I mean, you, once you get rid of all the, you know, first they came for the Nazis and then they came for the right wing and then they came for the Trumpists and, and then they came, you know, at some point they'll they're going to come for the, the black men because men are evil, and then they're going to come for uh, you know all of the white women because your skin color is wrong, and, and at some point there's nobody going to be left, and who who cancels who, and then once once they get to that small point, the rest of us will just be like, yeah, okay, congratulations, you go go continue canceling your own group. It, once everybody's canceled, nobody's canceled.
1: Well, and this latest move from YouTube is a little bit surprising because this is not obscene content this is not really that crazy depends
0: on where how, how
1: up biden's ass you are well yeah but it's really not in any way shape or form just this whole questioning something you know you can't question this otherwise you know it's like just it's it's unfathomable to me that it's gotten to this point because it,
0: it, i mean we we've, we've had an entire year of watching the the big tech companies completely abandoned their their pretense of of content moderation and now just saying we're you're going straight into thought control. Right. Okay. And, you know,
1: with the with the coronavirus thing, they could tell themselves, well, we're doing this for people's safety, because if people if they get the wrong information about this, they're going to drink bleach. But questioning an election, what is the downside of going Hey, let's look at the numbers and what happened here, here and here, as opposed to what happened here, here and here. And look, we have facts to back up all of this. How can you shut that
0: down? I think you're greatly misunder or you're greatly underestimating Trump derangement syndrome and the perceived effects of allowing Trump to be in the White House for one more day.
1: Well, if we can't question any elections, what happens when the Republicans do even a better job of cheating in four years? And then then all the liberals can't go on YouTube and complain about it because there's already rules at YouTube that say you can't question the validity of an election in the United States.
0: Well, obviously, they'll change the rules so that the leftists can question the election. Those goalposts are not fixed in place.
1: They do move. They do move like one of those little paddles on an old time pawn game up, down, left, right. It's just it's crazy. I mean, I understand where they want to block certain content, but. This is going even a little bit further than I thought they would this quickly. And again, what are the what are what are people afraid of when it's just information? Because you know what can happen when somebody posts a video that says, well, according to my mathematical calculations, what happened in Wisconsin was impossible. Well, then somebody on the other side with other data, you know, or they can reinterpret the data and we have a conversation then, and maybe everybody all around learns something that that's you. Again, we're crazy you're to expect trying to,
0: that. You're, you are such a racist. You are trying to apply your white heteronormative ideals to the wokists. And you, you know, you're trying to use rational logic and that's racist. I've heard I'm, that. I'm being sarcastic here, but these are actually arguments I've heard. Uh, the, I mean, the simple fact is, uh, for the most part, they can't back up their arguments with, logic because the if you do a rational analysis on the numbers those numbers point to this election was not legitimate and so if you need to maintain your permanent hatred of the orange man and you need to make sure that those horrible trumpians can't say anything then you have to abandon rationality and and I think that we you know there is definitely a large part of the Democrat Party who abandoned that a long time ago which, which is why when you can't refute an argument and then this is something that you have seen throughout history long before the internet uh, if if you can't refute an argument but you still have power then you just cancel the argument you just shut it up you censor it you stop all conversation and then you don't have to hear it and in in today's world where uh, words Are violence and any idea that challenges you, you know, no nobody's been introduced to anything that's ever challenged their worldview or their ideas, and nobody's ever been taught how to do critical thinking or how to deal with any kind of adversity. Um, in that case, information like uh more people in Michigan voted than there are voting age people in Michigan um doesn't fit with their worldview and causes physical pain because words are violence. And we can't let people feel pain. So <laughs> since we can't refute any of these arguments, we have no choice but to shut them up.
1: Right. We have to shut the news stories down, which is so funny that they fight against guys like Trump saying he's uh, you know an authoritarian, he's a Nazi. It's like, well, no, this is what you're calling for, because when you shut down stories, whether it's about the election, whether it's about Hunter Biden and his laptop, whatever it is, I'm on the side that says I want all the data and I want the truth to come out. If it comes out that the Hunter Biden laptop was a plant and somebody on, you know, Trump's cabinet made this whole thing up and he created this and went it. Well, then I want to know that because I want the truth. This this concept that we only want the truth if it's what we want to hear. That's so dangerous. It's not even funny. Yes. It's
0: also not new. No, but it is, it is extremely dangerous. I mean, the, the, the militant arm of, of the wokists is a group called Antifa who, uh, claim to be against fascism. Right. And the amazing thing about it is that every single, you know, they, they talk anti-fascist and they, they will say, if, if you claim, you know, if you act like a, If you say anything like fascism, then we are going to cut you. But again, with with the difference between words and actions uh, there, there are uh, we would be remiss in not admitting that there are people who are genuine white supremacists who are on the right side of the spectrum. And, you know, these people are a banishingly small percentage of the number of people who Think that the left is completely off their fucking rocker, but they're the major boogeymen, and and they're the ones that that leftists teach their kids that you know to be afraid of every night, and you know cower in their beds and shelter in place. Uh, but a lot of those people talk like the Nazis did back in the day, and talking like a Nazi makes you a Nazi in, in the in a world where words and violence are the same. But the massive irony that seems to be lost on all the wokists, at least, is that people like Antifa, they're not necessarily talking like Nazis, but they're sure as fuck acting like Nazis. Everything they do, they are behaving precisely the same as the rising German party did in 1930.
1: Yeah. I mean, you see the video where they're going and harassing people who were eating outside at a restaurant, you know, back when people could still do that and, you know, demanding they raise their fist in solidarity or whatever it is. It's like, no, see, that's not what freedom loving people do. That is not what libertarians would do. This is a dangerous group of people. You could usually tell, you know, before the pandemic that they were the ones masking up way before and going out with their faces covered with weapons going through the streets blocking traffic in certain cities i know they do that around you in chicago i think they might just get run over but that's by everybody I,
0: <laughs> I, 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 in florida now you know d- by the way uh, Ron ronda santos in florida the governor um he has over the course of this pandemic he 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 reached a point where he was tired of the lockdown bullshit and he was tired of the uh, the rioting bullshit and he realized that they were destroying his cities and didn't like that and the guy has turned into a goddamn superhero um apparently now it is legal in florida that if a bunch of protesters box your car in and start beating on it you cannot be held liable for any damage to them when you gun the fucking motor and drive over them and i agree with that And it it kind of fits what most people's idea of common law is, which is self-defense. If I am in bodily danger, because there are plenty of videos out there of these assholes pulling the doors off of cars in order to get in and yanking people out of cars and beating them on the road. And nobody wants that. And I'm like, I've got the means to get out of here.
1: Then this is where the interesting thing comes with where we're at in this election Right now, because it is still going on. I saw you point that out over on No Agenda Social. And I understand why a lot of people use the word, you know, the election could be overturned. And I understand it hasn't been turned yet. So you can't overturn it. I get that. But it's just the way people, you know, process this information. But I've heard multiple pundits talk about the fact that the Supreme Court would be the only body able to reign this whatever happened back in and they are reluctant to do so because of groups like Antifa. We saw what happened with George Floyd, with Brianna Taylor. We saw what happened through the last few months where we had rioting and looting throughout a lot of the major cities here in the United States. Yes. Collectively known as tantrums. Yes. And the Supreme court understands, I mean, they are human beings. They are emotional creatures even though their job is to strictly just go by what the law is. We know they don't. We know that's what the problem with the Supreme court is. Some will always vote liberal. Some will always vote conservative. And I don't like either one of that. I want justices who will look at the law, whether they like it or not, whether it fits with their political ideology or not and follow the law.
0: But I might be biased here, but I want justices who will read and follow what's written in the constitution. Yeah, that's the law. And, and, and that, That, by the way, has been painted as partisan.
1: Yes, which I don't get. But I understand that because they want to get rid of the Constitution. So that's how that has to become partisan, just like the stuff with, oh, we don't like the Electoral College because blah, 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 cry, cry, cry. Just wait to see what happens. And this is the point I was getting to. If the Supreme Court does decide they have to get involved and they may, it's probably, you know, a five or 10 percent chance that they're going to hear the case now that texas started and i think like 18 other states have joined in with them this is interesting because
0: i give it a much higher chance than that i think they're going to
1: that would be good because i would like to hear i
0: don't know how they're going to rule but i know i think they're going to hear the case
1: because i think the case has merit when they tried to bring the case in pennsylvania about all of the mail-in voting they said you know what you folks of pennsylvania bringing this you had a year to deal with this. You knew it was coming. You didn't come to us beforehand. So this is kind of like, well, let's which, see what happens. And we're going to try to, you know, if it doesn't go our way, then we'll come and complain about it. And they which, said, which case is this? Then when Pennsylvania, they threw out the case, they wouldn't hear the case about the mail-in voting. And they said, because Pennsylvania, you knew this was coming.
0: Are, and, are you talking about the recent one? Yes. Where they, the, yeah. Well, the reason why that case was not The Supreme Court didn't pick it up is because the Texas case is uh, much broader and covers everything. So if they rule in the Texas case, that automatically results in a rule on the Pennsylvania case. I think that's perfectly reasonable. And in fact, they they would be have been much less likely to have thrown out the Pennsylvania case if they didn't intend to take the Texas case.
1: Booty Steed says uh, 22 states now. But I thought they dismissed the the Pennsylvania one. It's, a, it's irrelevant. But I thought it was because they didn't dismiss. They chose not to hear it. Yes. Well, they said, no, thank you. We're, we're not going to hear that. The Texas case is very interesting because it is using one of the key phrases that the liberals love, which is disenfranchised in Texas. The people whoever came up with this is a genius because every other state, including Arizona's in on this even though the state voted for Biden. Arizona is in on this because it's Republican leadership in Arizona. So they're a part of this lawsuit which says the people of my state who voted for Donald Trump aren't getting the president that they wanted because of cheating in these other four or five states. And that is, I think, going to have a much bit better chance at the supreme court like you said it's at least going to have to hear it i the only reason i would say i only think it's like a 10% chance is because i think if they hear it they have to intercede then
0: and maybe but the, what one of the one of the very smart things about raising bringing the case in this way is that the the method that the supreme court usually uses when they decide they don't want to hear a case is they will allow a lower appellate court decision to stand. Uh, but when you have a case of one state versus another state, the first and only court in the entire country that is capable of hearing that case is the Supreme court, which means that by not deciding not to hear it, they are, uh, de facto, d- Ruling on the case that to dismiss, which is a ruling. And so not, not hearing the case is a ruling because there is no lower court to hear it. There is no other place they can send it to. Usually the Supreme Court can wave their hand and say, Oh, whatever your gripe is, just take it to another court. And there are lots and lots of other courts that have more time to deal with it. So that's generally accepted in this one. There is no other court that it could go to. So if they don't take the case, they have ruled on it. And yes. that, I think, sits just about as well with the the Supreme Court justices as the idea. Of, I, I don't know. I I I totally think they're going to take the case now how they rule. I don't know,
1: because if they rule in the way that Texas and these other states want, then the remediation becomes the question, because how do you then give these states that are suing if it's found that they have a basis in what they're saying? And a lot of people think they do. Then how do you get them their remediation? The
0: the, the remedy being sought is to decertify the election that's been certified by the corrupt governors. Uh, Once that happens, uh, it goes back into the individual states to determine how they want to certify electors. Uh, And um, I mean, constitutionally, that goes to the legislature. And if the legi- it, uh, I'm I'm speculating here, but if the Supreme Court decides to rule in favor of Texas at all, um, the the result I believe would be to decertify the elections in these four states and to say the election cannot be certified based on the justification you've been given, and that's as far as the Supreme Court would go, and then it goes back to the states who's uh, you know again constitutionally. The state legislatures are the ones who need to decide this. We'll see if that's what happens. But what happens in each state is up to the state entirely. The legislatures have a number of options. One, the legislatures can be total fucking pussies and let the governor do whatever. And maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. It's not constitutional, but that doesn't seem to matter in 2020. Um, The legislatures can decide on their own to choose a slate of electors. Um, if the legislatures do nothing at all and the governors don't create a slate of electors, what you end up with is less than 535 votes in the electoral college. Um, and, and maybe, you know, that, that could happen. Um, the, the weird case scenario, the, the absolute end of the world case, if you're on the left and the, um, even unprecedented, no matter where you are, is that the, uh, there aren't enough elect electors to choose either one. And it goes to the House of Representatives,
1: which I think A is more likely than any of the others, because I don't believe they're going to send it back to the states because the states are the one that cheated. So the, I think the most obvious things they could do would be to say these states that are involved in this, they either lose their electoral votes, which I think is absolutely possible, or they decide, you know what, this election of the country is so screwed up. We're going to the backup plan which is to throw it to the house. And either way, that would be a pathway for Trump to win because otherwise these states wouldn't care because they're the ones. If you go to the legislature, if you go to the uh, the politicians in Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania, you know where their votes are going. They're going to Biden anyway. So this, this wouldn't really give well, them if, any uh, if, traction at all.
0: If you go to the governors and the secretary of state, Yes. Um, a lot of these states have uh legislatures that uh have not been messed with as much. Uh you 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 mentioned that it seemed weird that, that Arizona would be jumping on this given that they're one of the states that is has questionable results. They are one of the states, for example, where uh the majority of people, and, and I, I understand that there are are stats in the mainstream media that dispute this, but I honestly believe that the majority of people in Arizona voted for Donald Trump. And uh, more importantly, the majority of people in the Arizona legislature are on the Republican side. And so characterizing this as this is against the states of Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Georgia and Michigan is like the people of those states aren't the enemy. The enemy is the governors and secretary of state of those states who are the ones who went out and conducted a fraudulent election and right. then the decided to certify in, the election
1: right which we're, means we're that, not going to put anybody in wisconsin in jail just the people yeah, that ran that, the election well i,
0: I think <laughs> i think that the fucking governor needs to go to jail but uh, um I, I think, you know, the governor of Michigan, the governor of Pennsylvania, they need to go to jail for a lot of reasons. This, this being one of the biggest, Uh, but what, what I mean though, is I, I would not be surprised in the least for the legislature and, or, uh, you know, somebody more closely representing the populace of these States also to sue the governor and secretary of state's office saying, uh, you know, we in in Michigan, we in Pennsylvania were disenfranchised more than, you know, Texas is complaining that the people of Texas are going to get screwed over if they cheat in this election. Well, think about how the people in Pennsylvania feel. They got really screwed. They voted right. 52% for Donald Trump and their douchebag of a governor decided to come out and say yeah we're going to ignore what the people who elected me want and instead we're just going to throw everything to a demented zombie
1: well they're also going against the law of their states which was just insane when you go down it because they were so quick to want to get this mail in voting done is that they didn't even i don't either care didn't check that there were laws in the states about these kind of things and this is where the supreme court i think will have at least a pretty good chance Of doing something. But I know we're questioning the election. We're probably deplatformed by now, right? Because, I mean.
0: I I should hope so, because if I ever appear on YouTube, then (laughs) um, there's something wrong with me. Uh, One of the things, and and I'm just going to throw this out here. One of the things that I learned by reading the complaint letter from Texas, and I did not realize this. I guess the information was out there. Um, One of the methods of getting these laws changed unconstitutionally as Texas claims by making an end run around the legislature was, and, and this happened in both Georgia and Pennsylvania In Pennsylvania it was the league of women voters. Uh, but in Georgia, it was the Democrat party of Georgia sued the Democrat secretary of state saying something or other about your election procedures is unfair. And Within uh, within two days of filing that suit, which, you know, lawsuit usually means I'm angry with you. I want to change the Democrat Party of Georgia sued the Democrat secretary of state. Within two days, they settled and the settlement included a bunch of changes to the law, including uh, making, you know, removing the restrictions on the signature requirements on absentee ballots Uh, changing the way things are counted, all of these things, the things that the Constitution guarantees the legislature is required to do, and they didn't want to go through the legislature. So the Democrat Party sued the secretary of state. They settled immediately. And look, here's a bunch of changes to the law. If that's not some underhanded bullshit, I don't know what
1: is. Well, the lack of wanting the signature confirmation just screams we're a bunch of cheaters to me. I mean, I'm just a layman. But that seems to be one of the main things that's way up on the list, which is, you know how this goes, because you've been doing mail-in voting in Washington for quite a while, and you have a yeah. signature requirement.
0: We we do. And, and, and I have reason to believe most of the signatures get checked. Not in Georgia. No, no. <laughs> not in if,
1: Pennsylvania.
0: If, if a lot of these places, you know, these places where... You know, the hundreds of mail-in ballots were manufactured just happened to coincide with rule changes right before the election, which, and this is the gist of the Texas complaint, did not go through the state legislature to change the way the election is run. The rule changes to say, we're not going to check signatures anymore. We're not going to verify addresses anymore. We're not going to ask anybody ID themselves anymore.
1: Yes. And it's interesting because one of the other things O'Reilly pointed out was almost every state, if not every state, has a law on the books about Election Day, the polling place, and how close anybody that is, you know, out there campaigning for somebody out there, you know, holding signs, whatever it is for their candidate, have to be at least 40 feet, whatever it is, from a polling place. Well, you know what you don't have when everybody's doing mail-in voting? Any of that. You don't know the influence. You don't know who's showing up at somebody's door going, hey, have you voted yet? Let me help you fill your ballots out.
0: Well, that that was Scott Adams' point, and and I'm not certain that it was completely correct with regards to all 50 state laws or or even these four state laws. But uh, Scott Adams made the very important point that you don't have to prove fraud at all if you can just prove that and and this again is is kind of what the texas thing is doing um if you can prove that the states violated their own laws their own constitution when they ejected observers from you know because uh, from from a strictly evidentiary perspective the moment that you close it you remove transparency and you eject the impartial observers or the observers on the other side from the room. And the only people in are people that are on your side from an evidentiary perspective. You can no longer trust the results that come out of that room. That, that is, is basic evidence, you know, how, and guys, I I hate being hung over, but anyways, (laughs) my vocabulary, notwithstanding, um, it's one of the basic tenets of criminal law that, uh, a chain of evidence you have to know from point a to point b at every single step that the evidence hasn't been tampered with and the moment that you remove transparency from the process and create a step in which you cannot verify that the evidence was tampered with the evidence must be thrown out and in this case when i say evidence i'm talking about ballots i'm talking about votes you you cannot trust the results that came out of any precinct where they Ejected or excluded observers.
1: Right. And there are people out there. There was a guy on with Lou Dobbs who swears that he moved like a hundred thousand ballots over state lines somewhere. And then the FBI came and tried to pressure him into changing his story and asked him if he was on like the Republican payroll. It's like the three letter agencies in this country are so questionable yeah, at this point.
0: There's anyone on a payroll.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. The FBI does not have the greatest track record as of late. And it's going to be scary where we're going from here. I mean, you don't want that big authoritative government. Uh, You're getting there. You're getting there. And this is the reason why, even though I think everybody is pretty aware of the fact that if this election ends up going to Donald Trump, because you mean when which is very possible, I don't know for sure. There's still a question there. But if that is going to happen, if that does happen, the violence in the street is pretty much a foregone conclusion. So the only answer, I believe, is if the Supreme Court is going to do anything, would be to you, you, you have to have some kind of blanket federal law that, you know, over the next ninety days, if you're rioting or looting, it's a lifetime sentence. It's a federal crime. Because otherwise um, the, the country's gonna burn down.
0: We, we do have a law um, that law has been on the books since the 1800s. Um, that law is called the Insurrection Act, and it can be invoked by the president. And if if the race definitively goes to Don, you know, Donald Trump has not. And, and I think this is a smart thing. He has not invoked that he has not sent the military after the civilians, because that is a huge can of worms. You really don't want to ever have to open.
1: Um, yeah but you can prevent worms with if,
0: ivermectin. I I'm I'm trying. <laughs> but if if Donald Trump gets brought in and confirmed as president for four more years, then he never has to be elected again. And in as much as he ever gave a fuck about what the public thinks, and I'm not convinced that's ever happened. No. Um, if he gets confirmed for, to a second term, he will literally never have to run for anything ever again in his life and doesn't have to care. And he is the kind of person who won't. And, um, it, will the Supreme court decide? I I, I don't know. But I do believe that if Donald Trump gets elected and it results in widespread rioting, uh, the the Insurrection Act is one of the tools in his tool shed to effectively send the military in and they can call him all of the worst names that they can think of. Honestly, I think they already have in the media, but he can stop this violence by bringing in the military. And unless Unless the leftists who who the the same people who've been chanting about defunding the police can somehow convince law enforcement and military that that their cause is better. And Orange Man is so bad that I, I think that it would happen. I don't really like the idea. I really hate the I hate the idea of the America of America having a huge standing military, let alone invoking it on the people of the country but that is something that Trump can do and if if half of the country decides to be such immense crybabies that they are going to throw public violent damaging tantrums and severely destroy large portions of property and life on both sides then that shit needs to stop and if law enforcement can't or won't do it um then uh, there are other options
1: yeah and a lot of it's the media because if this is what happens the supreme court comes back and says yeah a lot of voter fraud we're going to send this to let's just say to the house and they're going to vote and it goes to trump then you know that the media is going to cover this i don't know how <laughs> it's going to be interesting to watch because they're going to melt down along well, with- i
0: imagine yeah i imagine some people will cry on the air uh everybody is going to uh, use the worst horrible invective they can to paint Trump as a an evil person I mean all of this has already fucking happened so I don't know what more they're gonna do but I think they're gonna continue doing it whatever it is
1: yeah no doubt about it it'll be fun to watch one way or the other no question uh,
0: i'm I, I am I am firmly of the opinion that uh any any argument that says it's OK to sacrifice the Constitution because otherwise a bunch of crybabies are going to throw tantrums and damage things is a bad argument. Um, I, I believe that there are ways of dealing with the crybabies. And even if you don't deal with them, uh, the damage done to our cities is going to be significantly less than the damage done to our country if you allow a fraudulent election to stand.
1: Yeah, Rush Limbaugh says if it's allowed to stand, he can see the uh the country breaking up and uh a bunch of states deciding to secede and uh I I, I approve of that too. I, I I do too, except I looked at the map and it was kind of scary because it became like the uh Canada took the states that uh that were, oh, I saw that one. Yeah. That were liberal. So it's like, okay, California. Okay. Well, I mean, if Canada America. wants
0: to jump on that grenade, right. then, then have that. I mean, I'm sorry for the Canadians to somehow have to incorporate Californians and New Yorkers into their shit. And uh, I, all I know is that if I, I fully support secession for the simple reason that I've always been a fan of, uh, of the government should be as local as possible in every case. Uh, Right down to the individual and putting more power on the states. I I feel like the, you know, in in as much as every public school is teaching that the Civil War was about slavery and nothing else and was a massive triumph because it ended slavery. um, I I am still I, I follow the original interpretation of what the Civil War was about, which was it was about states rights trying to, you know, for for a large number of reasons, slavery being one of them. Um, the southern states did not want to be tied to the more populous northern states and and subject to their whims. And that uh, uh, to borrow a term from no agenda, that fractal reappears every single place where you have uh, a high population density place and a low population density place where in any kind of democratic decisions, the high population density place will roll over the other area with tyranny of the majority. Um, The southern states saw this happening and the result of the Civil War was effectively uh, cementing the power of the federal government to stomp all over the rights of the states, which kind of is the opposite of what they wanted when they put the 13 states together back in the day and and said, we're going to create a loose federation for common defense. But, you know, for, for that reason, I think that Abraham Lincoln might have been one of the worst presidents we ever had.
1: So you mean the Civil War didn't wasn't about transgender rights? What were they doing about transgender rights in the Civil War?
0: Uh, abusing them, stomping on them, ignoring them because there were none. Well, there there might have been, but they would have been. I mean, you know, if if a transgender person came out in eighteen sixty, then they would have first been diagnosed with some kind of mental disease and and considered to be crazy. And if they decided to go worse or farther than it. Um, They would have been thrown into a mental asylum. And if they persisted long enough, then uh, the common treatment of the day was a lobotomy. Uh, Not saying it's right, but it happened.
1: Technology has changed a little. Yeah. Now we now we use things like YouTube to lobotomize people. Yeah. Which is why the Internet, again, when it started, it was such a great thing. I mean, when YouTube started, it was such a great thing. It was so cool. It was fun to watch all the crazy people that were posting all sorts of fun stuff and then going right down your, you know, copyright sucks you know, slope. Then anybody that had a song playing in the background while they were doing their funny video was getting taken down and all this stuff. Uh, the, the, the concept now that YouTube is anywhere near a, a free place to post things. It's not, and it's good for a few things still, although I wouldn't rely on it to, Make money, as we've talked about, if anybody's relying on a service, whether it be YouTube or TikTok or any of these things like this is how I'm going to make my full time living. You're nuts because it can be pulled out from under you what? in a heart. Yeah,
0: yeah. Just, just don't put yourself in a position where some large company who has no contract with you and absolutely no incentive to give a crap whether you fail or succeed. Do not put yourself in a position where they have the ability at their sole discretion to completely destroy your business model.
1: No. And I I fully believe that YouTube is now useless for a wide variety of things. It is still good for what I used it for the other day, which was posting a product review as of yet. It doesn't seem like they're going after anything like that. You know, this is not political in any way, shape or form. Then, they seem to be okay with it. Although once well, you that's go, because
0: they, they just haven't seen all of the obscene images behind you in the, in the camera.
1: Right. All the Taylor Swift, uh, images. Yes. She just dropped a new album last night, which is actually fairly good. She's becoming, I a, hope she picks it up again. Yeah, she should. She got to pick it up, drop it. That's two albums now during quarantine. So for everybody who's like sitting home during quarantine, hiding under the bed, like I can't do anything. It's like, this is a really good time for people to, uh, to get creative. I mean, how many, how many episodes of grumpy old Ben's have we done under quarantine? We went from one a week to two a week, you know, (laughs) there's no reason to, uh, I mean, even if you are in a place like you are, or I am here in Illinois as well with governor fat Pritzker, that you can't make the best of it. And I feel bad for all the people that are going through massive amounts of depression. There seems to be a much more prevalence of depression and suicide. And I get it because for people that are used to going out and want to go out and they want to be social, I mean, I'm kind of a curmudgeon to begin with. So I'm like, Oh, I I can stay in for six months. Okay. That's cool. More
0: more than half of grumpy old Ben's has happened during these lockdowns.
1: (laughs) That is kind of scary to Uh, to figure uh, that
0: because if, if I'm not mistaken, the lockdowns in many places started right about the first week of March. Yes. Yeah. Uh, And, uh, Episode 53 came out on the 6th of March.
1: Damn, time flies when we're having fun. So
0: that was that was what uh uh 55 episodes ago. 65. Can't even count. And we're getting episodes. better
1: with every episode. I mean, I am well, using a brand new microphone today. I mean, I bet you can tell my ooh, voice is extra smooth.
0: I can't, but then again, uh <laughs> no. I'm, I I don't I I'm not the audiophile that that you, you know what? I'm I'm not going to go there. Um I will I will say uh, I went ahead and uh, watched your review on the Winston.
1: Do you have any questions? Did you take that? We we do need to talk about that today as well.
0: I thought it was good. I I know this isn't what you were expecting. and (laughs) I know you were posting on NAS where I was going to just totally rip it apart and tell you how you sucked. And and I mean, aside from the the obvious making fun of your appearance, which I, I went ahead and got that out of the way on Hog Story last night.
1: Yeah, I do need um, a haircut and uh you know. The yeah, top no is, shit. You know, the top is kind of uh the thinning. So I just keep growing more there, hair on no, my there's, face. There's
0: nothing up top. You're you're gonna end up with a natural mullet if you don't do something. But hey, anyway.
1: that's a big party in the back, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um no, I thought
0: the review was really good. It it kind of made me really want to go uh pick up one of these devices. Um you you brought up one of the points in the review though that I would have brought up, which is um that yes, you can go through the effort you can set up yeah, the, the correct me if i'm wrong but what i got out of the review is that this device has two major features one is it's a pie hole and you can do dns filtering to block ads correct and um that's not particularly new or fantastic or amazing i mean i mean it's it's great because it it's a plug-in system that you can that it, it, it is way easier to set up than a pie hole and, you can just, uh, you, you know, you she even showed the setup. You're like plug in your modem here and plug in your router here and you're good. Um, and that is not super compelling for me because I rewire networks in my sleep.
1: Right. Right.
0: But, but not everybody is me. And for the vast majority of people who don't want to have to think about rewiring networks, um, the setup is amazing, but the, the okay. So the two features, are uh it does dns filtering of sites so that you don't have to see ads or 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 you can you can choose to not be able to visit sites if it were me i would use the configuration i already have in my pie hole which is all facebook sites are blocked period end of story well how's your wife Um, get
1: onto facebook then
0: she uses the other isp
1: (laughs) okay that makes sense (laughs) see the family that needs two isps
0: Yeah. Something like that. Um, yeah, I don't think I'd be able to get away with that if, if we didn't have two ISPs and then we'd have to negotiate some stuff, but at the point at this point I can get away with it. So fuck. Yeah. Um, but the other feature of it is not something that I have seen replicated anywhere without some very crazy complicated scripts and multiple VPNs, which is the, uh Full internet mesh networking.
1: Right. Feature. Yeah. They call it a privacy mesh network. And that is, that is the thing that is making this well worth the price of admission for 99% of the people.
0: Yeah. So you, you mentioned it's, it, it, if you think about it, it is, it is less than the cost of Netflix. It's, it's under $10 a month to get both of these features. And, uh, it, you know, you were, you, you actually made the comment. You said, well, my host on Grumpy Old Benz is probably going to tell me why this is stupid and he would just do it himself with right. and, and I was thinking and I was thinking about how would I do this? And I I think I could get 85% of the functionality of their mesh system if I subscribed to multiple VPNs and had scripts that would uh bounce between them at, at you know, whatever interval and would make sure to trigger them to assign new IPs occasionally. Right. Um. I could get a lot of that, but it would involve paying for multiple IP uh, VPNs, which is going to be more expensive than the Winston service. And it would be a pain in the ass and it wouldn't be as good. So that aspect right there, I don't think is something you can get anywhere else, which makes me really excited that it exists. Yes. The, the pie hole functionality is the kind of really cool stuff that, everybody needs pie hole functionality um it's not unique but what they've done is they've made it turnkey which is really valuable for a lot of people and i totally support that it's not the thing that draws me to it but the mesh stuff is really freaking cool
1: yes the mesh stuff is the thing that set it way over the top for me the pie hole i've been running for a long time but you're absolutely right the pie hole is much harder for the average user to set up. I mean, most people listening to Grumpy Old Benz, if you have any kind of a tech bent, you're like, okay, all I have to do is buy one of these Raspberry Pis and I install the software. It's not that hard, but then you do have to point your router to the pie hole for the DNS or each individual machine, and that gets to be a real pain, where the turnkey part of this makes that just genius because it just goes in line, like I said, between your modem and your router, and it does it. It just does it for you. You don't have to think about it. It handles everything that's going on. And they also have the easy go in and turn features on and off, meaning, oh, you really have to use the Adobe suite. So while we're probably otherwise blocking a bunch of the Adobe servers because there's a lot of ads that get served or whatever, you click this and now your Adobe stuff works. You click this and Hulu works. You click this and Netflix works, So the part of the pie hole, it does make it way easier. There are a bunch more options for people to choose from, and they seem to be adding these because that's the other thing. They are a community, and it seems like they're willing to add other people's lists because there were a couple different ones that blocked all the Facebook stuff from different sources. And the fact that they're still continuing to add things And updating this also makes it easy because I forget to update the pie hole. I'm sure there's probably a script or something I could run on that as well. But because the pie hole works so well and it's so very much just set it and forget it, that you have to go look at the page for your admin page to see if there are updates. And usually I have them because I don't check it often enough. So the fact that this just automatically updates everything is good. It does stuff to prevent if
0: the updates are not intrusive.
1: Yes. And it also does stuff to prevent browser fingerprinting, which I thought was really cool as well. They even have their own browser fingerprinting test, much like PanoptiClick, which was also updated recently, it seems. So they have some other cool stuff going on on the EFF's PanoptiClick site as well that people should check out. But the Winston version of it, was a little bit more simple because it gave a hash of what your your basically the fingerprint of your browser was, and when it was under Winston, I would re- refresh the page and it would give me a you know the code. It would give you the hash. You know, I'd wait a while, I'd refresh the page, new hash. I'd re- wait a while, refresh the page, different hash comes up. Turn the Winston off, clicked it, gives me the hash. <laughs> Waited ten minutes, refresh same hash, waited 20 minutes, nice. refresh, same hash. So it's like, wow, that is, uh, you know, I'm not even a hundred percent sure of everything that's going on in the background, but I know it's the stuff we talked about when we talked about Panopticlick, which is the fonts that are on your system, the resolution, the color depth of your monitor. So much of this stuff that Winston knows this. And it's also messing with that in the background to make you less able to be fingerprinted, which is great. But it is the the privacy mesh network. And the one thing and I mentioned it in the video review, because this was the most important thing to me over a VPN is the end point that you're using with this is another residential. I mean, I guess it could be a business, but it's another human beings connection. It's not a VPN. So when you run into things and I've run into, I tried to set up an Instagram account and I got the error. Like, well, nope. there's where you, there's your first mistake. I know, I know. I was going to add one for grumpy old Ben's. Cause like Larry has one and I'm like, well, you know, we should be on every social media. Cause that's, you know, the mentality we should be on all the social medias, whether that's right or wrong. That I don't
0: want to be on any failing platforms.
1: <laughs> I know, <laughs> but when I went to try to s- s- sign up for a new account, Instagram, I went through the steps and all of a sudden it's like, nah, it appears like you're on a connection that's, you know, a VPN or it said it's a shared connection or whatever it was. It was like, no, we're not going to let you sign up for an account. And I tried this then when I got the Winston and it's like, oh, it signs up just fine because it thinks I'm coming from a residential account. And it didn't matter like which hop I was on because you could tell which IP address you're on if you do an IP check at any time. Had no problem with that other sites that were blocking vpns overall no block so this is an interesting thing but for people if you want to do nefarious things and when it comes to file downloading this is not the device for you because this thing is smart enough to know if it's a file upload or download it doesn't go through their mesh network it sends that through your
0: and and not only that uh it violates their terms of service to do uh things like Well, to
1: download things that you don't have copyright rights to. Here, correct. Yeah, piracy bad. If you're going to do it, they recommend Tor. I wasn't going to go that far. (laughs) I would. I would recommend
0: (laughs) piracy violates their terms of service. I don't. I. I copyrights. uh, Yeah. Anyway,
1: you know they say that, and I. I appreciate that. I don't know how they would catch you though, because they have zero logs, and this appears to have been audited and everything else. So until proven differently
0: that one imagines that it's a it's a CYA, if uh, you if if they determine that there is uh, a problem with the network and then they start diagnosing and track it back to uh, traffic or behavior from your system. And somehow through investigating, they determine that that's what you're doing. Then they have a thing in the terms of service to say, OK, stop it. I I imagine that's the only reason it would be included that and a legal CYA. So they don't get sued out of existence because these big copyright holders really like suing the people who make tools that could ever be used for, for copying something that isn't owned.
1: As they say, ordinary web traffic through the privacy mesh network is double encrypted along with DNS. So detecting a specific Winston would be very difficult. And yeah, I mean, they prohibit the bad stuff, but, but,
0: Bottom line, who do you recommend this for uh, or to paraphrase or to read NetNet in the troll room? Would you suggest this for people who already have a pie hole?
1: Yes, because those might be two separate questions. Yes. The pie hole doesn't do any of this mesh network stuff. So if you are interested in being able to surf the Internet without any of the sites that you're on, being able to get your location, which is the main thing now from the IP addresses if you want to hide that, this is the way to do it. I was surprised that it did not. You know, their advertising was absolutely right on the fact that it doesn't. It makes your Internet connection feel a little bit quicker, even a little bit snappier because like a pie hole, they're blocking well, all of the crud.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, if if you are already doing DNS blocking of ads, then I don't think that it's going to make your connection feel faster. No, In but fact, I would venture to say it slows it
1: down. It didn't feel slower when I was testing because that was. All right. I I tested it strictly on my main machine for a while because I was worried about what this was going to do to all of the devices. Was it going to slow things down? Was I going to have trouble streaming to the no agenda stream? Was I going to have trouble connecting to you? And no, all that stuff just worked. I mean, I did whitelist the addresses for clean feed and for the no agenda stream. So that may have been why that which was a good thing, too, which means their whitelisting system is perfect. You just put the domain in and it's like, oh. Wait, this is traffic for the no agenda string. Don't touch it. And it just works the way it should, which was beautiful. For who I would recommend this for is anybody that wants that mesh network hiding your IP address. I don't know any other way to do this setting it up on your own. I'm sure there maybe are other services that are like this, but this is unique because of the fact that they actually do provide the little hardware piece which is, you know, kind of uh, and we read the the tech specs on the, the video, but it's very much similar to, I think, kind of like what a Raspberry Pi would be. It's a dual core 1.2 gigahertz arm, a 53 CPU. Uh, it's a 64 bit uh, gig of memory, 800 megahertz RAM. It's got the dual gigabit ethernet jacks and it's running, you know, whatever their version, whatever they're rolling their own of Linux. So it is basically one of these just little networking devices. But the mesh network thing, you could probably figure out some way if you had a bunch of people running one of these that would allow for them peer to peer to go back and forth to each other. But then it's like, well, who do you trust? And, you know, that's a lot of the question. You are relying on Winston at this point to be accurate in what they're telling you the devices do. And so far, it does seem like that's the case. Now, if you have you know, parents, this, that maybe aren't that tech savvy. This is very easy to set up and they should never notice it even in line, especially if you start them just with the, you know, the simple settings on it and work your way up.
0: But Sonny, where, what happened to all my Facebook ads? I was relying
1: on those to know which new click games to play. If they love them some ads, then this is probably not the device for them. The other interesting thing when it comes to just using this, and I wanted your opinion on this, because I, I thought this was interesting from a legal standpoint, because this was in their FAQ and it was just updated uh, about a month and a half, two months ago. What if someone's doing a activity over the Privacy Mesh Network? Because I had that question, too, which is, OK, now my modem is being used as an endpoint because you basically are sharing bandwidth. You're using somebody else's. They're using yours. So if somebody sends a threatening note to the White House and it comes from your IP address, then what you know, then I mean, you're
0: know? you going to get a You're going to get a visit from the secret service. Yes. And your most powerful defense is to wh- whether it be from the secret service or via DMCA notice, or if you get a lawsuit thrown at you, um, obviously the very first thing you need to do is go get yourself your own fucking lawyer because uh, I, and I'm not really one to for disclaimers but you should probably realize by now that loudmouth podcasters are not lawyers. This is not legal advice.
1: Some are Mark Levin is.
0: uh, I'm not even convinced. (laughs) Um, And some loudmouth podcasters shouldn't be lawyers, but uh, there have been cases uh, where uh, courts have already ruled and, and not, not a lot. So again, get your own lawyer who can make a good argument. Um, But there have been cases where courts have ruled. That if an IP address does not correspond directly to a single person, and you can demonstrate that an IP address may have been used by somebody else or any particular logged bit of traffic, then that removes the, uh, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, it removes the effectively people have got off of copyright claims by demonstrating that they were not the only person using an IP address and the only evidence that the copyright holder brought was this IP address downloaded this thing. Yes. Um, again, same thing. Like if, if you get, if you get a visit from the U S secret service, because somebody used your internet to send a threat to the president, which by the way, uh, no matter which one of these ancient losers ends up becoming president, that's probably going to happen. Lots of times. I don't envy the people in the secret service for having to deal with this and separate the legit threats from the adult retards um but if somebody somehow uses yours you might get a knock on the door and uh it's up to you whether you want to invite them in or not uh you certainly are not required to invite go- government people in at least not yet in this country but you i do recommend you at least talk to them and uh you know make sure that nothing incriminating is said without a lawyer present but you your best bet is just explain to them yeah um i have this device And this device lets anybody in the world use my IP address for whatever traffic they want, which means that if you saw the traffic coming from here, that's probably what happened.
1: Yes. And that's perfectly legal. So,
0: And that's perfectly legal. There's nothing wrong with it. And if they decide to harass you anyway, like I said, lawyer the fuck up, because there are a lot of groups out there, EFF, whoever, who are very keen to keep authoritarian governments from completely chilling the entire internet out of existence
1: yes in their faq it says an individual who has a scrambling device on their network such as ours will effectively shield themselves from accusations based on network level internet activity they may even have a legal basis for excluding their internet activity uh, for excluding their internet activity as a source of evidence on the grounds that if one is actively taking steps to secure their data It cannot be considered as discarded. It is thus not in the public domain, similar to the difference between burning your trash via leaving it at the curb for anyone to legally rummage through.
0: And I want to, I want to, I want to pick that apart for a moment because that is actually a pretty cool novel argument. Um, I don't know that it has ever been tried in court or, or succeeded, Uh, but the major justification that, uh, that law enforcement agencies, three letter agencies use for uh, it, being able to scoop up everything that appears on the Internet is it goes back to uh, the days a long time ago when uh, people, if they wanted to communicate covertly, they still had to pass physical notes. And um, the Fourth Amendment prevents somebody From using that, if, if they search their, your person and they find a secure wallet and, uh, they, they can't, if actually I'm, I'm not sure if that's a good example, but the fourth amendment does protect you from, uh, searches. However, there was precedent a long time ago that if you, if you have a note that says, you know, we're going to hit the train at 12 midnight and you throw it away into a trash bin or throw it on the ground or something, and they pick it up off the ground that is considered discarded. And therefore it is a positive affirmation that you no longer wanted to keep it secret. Right. And, and it becomes public knowledge by being on the ground and anything in public knowledge can be used and law enforcement used this and, and kind of treat, you know, they, they ended up twisting that a little bit when uh it, They tried to use it for phone conversations where people were talking on the phone, which is what led to wiretapping laws, because uh, originally the idea was, well, if two people are talking directly to each other, um, well, actually when back when it was a party line. The decisions went one way where, okay, everybody who has access to this line, it's considered public. But as soon as phone calls started moving to only having two people. Then that became private, which is why wiretapping became a thing and evolved the way it was. Well, the same doctrine of if you leave it out in public, then it's available for anyone to use is still the doctrine that the three letter agencies are using to scoop up Internet traffic, because the argument is the moment it hits the public Internet unencrypted, uh, then. It's out in public and we can do anything we want. Never mind that you have to be plugged in to one of the ISPs or backbones routers in order to be able to see that public data. They have determined that it is public and therefore anything you send to the public in Internet, if they can get access to it, they can use it against you. This, by the way, is one of the reasons why encryption is important, because encryption has been demonstrated in court to be a positive affirmation that you do not want this to be public. And it's one of the reasons, for example, why they want back doors in everything so that they can make it public again.
1: Right. So they can uh, see what's going on. I mean, it makes perfect the, sense.
0: The argument that Winston is making is that by taking the positive effort, just like encryption, of trying to scramble this, you are affirming that it is not in public anymore. And obviously, that's not going to be a legal doctrine until a court rules on it. Um, so right now, it's just legal speculation. But I think it's a clever argument.
1: Yes, and I'm sure this will eventually get to a court when something happens, but it's gonna be interesting to see what they actually come down on because Winston says that the only data that they collect is the information from your purchase slash order of the device and your subscription information. They say they don't share or sell that. In the case of a legal subpoena, they would be forced to comply, but as they do not log any data from your devices. They simply, again, don't have anything except that you order the device and you have a subscription. That's the only information they have because all of the data. And I think they said it stores like 10 days in the device and it must be like a rolling thing. But you can d- erase your device at any time, delete all the data at any time. But it's only on your device, which means they would have to come into your house and get that device in order to have access to the data. Winston has nothing. They Winston is never involved with this the uh, mesh network it's all just peer to peer and that goes between their devices and nothing goes to the mothership, which is genius. I mean, I don't even know how they connect, but you know, I guess again, peer-to-peer, kind of like the the BitTorrent, uh, the the magnet link stuff like that. And it just kind of works like magic. And the fact that they keep no logs, then you your chance of getting uh burned by that is is very low. And to answer NetNed who said, hey, if we already have a mesh network and a pie hole, it's like I don't know what you mean by a mesh network. Cause when we I'm talking mesh network, I don't mean Wi-Fi in the house. I mean mesh network that at any given time with the Winston, you have I think it's twenty-four people. I don't know if that's ever gonna change, but it seemed to be pretty consistent. I think it was twenty-four. I don't have the page in front of me right now, but I think always twenty-four devices available that it was bouncing the traffic. Around the country. And it was all within the United States, which also makes sense that they're kind of geofencing just the devices within the United States. I don't know if they sell to anybody outside the United States yet, but that mesh network means from website to website, it's picking one of those randomly. And it's also doing this if you go to a website. So if you go to, say, Grumpy Old Ben's and we're pulling in an image from Teespring or something for one of our t shirts or whatever it is. The request to our WordPress site to load, you know, the text from the site might come from one IP, and it's like, oh, we're making a request to this site for the T-shirt image. That could come from a different IP. It all just kind of works auto to try to keep people from knowing where you are. Trying to figure and out, you know.
0: And it, by the way, that that that's the way the web was originally supposed to work. So any site that breaks when two different requests come in from two different IPs. Is already violating the way the web was originally designed.
1: Well, yeah, but it, it they didn't know about work, advertising.
0: But, yeah, well, I'm just I'm an originalist in all things. You know that. And um, I feel like we've slobbered over this company enough.
1: Yeah, and they do just to say one, they provided the unit and the subscription for me to test it out, and I appreciate that. But yes. this was a so, unit provided so you, for review.
0: You can't trust anything that Darren said because they're giving him free stuff. Um, you can trust me ex, uh, explicitly or, or implicitly because um, I would never be given free stuff by one of these companies. They're too smart for that. <laughs>
1: that is. But they do have a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you get this thing, you can have it set up within five minutes. And if you don't like it, send it back. But it's, it's very easy to set up. And it does. It's one of the rare products that you know. I was trying to like pick it apart and figure out, OK, what are they saying that it does that it really doesn't do? And it seemed to do everything. Which is, which is a rarity. I did make some suggestions and I don't know if it's all just depending on different ways of hooking it up because I would have liked the IP address of every request that my uh, network was making. It didn't do that because again, it's going, all my devices were still going into my router and then my router was going into the Winston. Then that was going into the modem. So the Winston was only trying to guess client IDs and I don't know if you could set them up on, you know, the same network as my, Normal thing at home, which a lot of you use, if you use like an Linksys router, 192.168.11. The Winston was on a separate node. I think that was on, you know, 10.1 or something like that. So there you may be giving out your IP address. Stop. You're ruining your privacy. It's local. It's local. It's local. <laughs> and I mean, so there are still some things I think that uh, that can maybe still improve this device. The the thoroughput speeds, even when the Winston filtering was turned off, seemed to be about 533 megabits per second. And some of their tech, they said the throughput on their device exceeds 500 megabits per second. It's like, I have a gigabit connector. So I would like to see that bumped up a little bit. But for me, I think I'm you know, going to run this uh, with the network as we've talked about setting up that separate network, which we have for all of the Internet of Things devices to go to. So all the Wi-Fi devices they can go through the Winston. My main machine can still go through, get full speed. And if they ever get that, you know, speed up, then it might go on the whole network. But for most people, I would run it on the whole network. If you're crazy and you have a bunch of devices and you know what you're doing, you can split it off. As long as you have it in line, it doesn't matter where it occurs. You can have it after your router. You could have your router going into a switch and then into this and then into another switch. It all just works. As long as this is in the line, it protects everything afterwards. So I mean, check them out, WinstonPrivacy.com. And I thought it was a pretty cool and, device. And for a more in-depth
0: review that I think probably is shorter than what we did the time we just <laughs> spend on this show, you can go watch Darren's
1: yes uh, YouTube video. You can see how badly where, I need a haircut, but I'll put that in the yes. show notes as well.
0: Yes. Um, and Sir Oma is reporting that apparently you can get a discount if you enter Grumpy Old Ben's as the discount code.
1: No, we have no discount but, codes. We're not but uh, he got
0: zero percent off.
1: Yeah, zero percent <laughs> off works. Uh, we we didn't ask for that. That's not something that we're we've been doing. I mean, we we work on the value for value model. And while I like reviewing products, and I did the only thing I put up was a link in our show notes to the host that we use because I do have a affiliate account. So if you're gonna sign up for that, I mean, hey, you may as well uh, show show a little love to Grumpy Old Ben's, but. We don't take advertising. We work on the value for value model, and we do have a quite a few people to thank on today's show. Which uh, we should do that now and get that out of the way. So I don't know if you have to run to the bathroom. I mean, you you may be dehydrated.
0: I, I, I I'm I I don't need it per se, and I could have kept going, but I'm totally <laughs>
1: taking the opportunity. <laughs> so uh, yeah, one question first, if that's okay, or did you already run? I, I yeah, I'm back. <laughs> See, that was quick, man. I mean, you have no prostate problems at all. Um. I mean, I am going back to because we call everybody experts, and that is true. If you donate to Grumpy Old Benz, you become an expert. But I do want to start going back to doing the executive producer concept that we learned over at No Agenda because of the fact that they are real and you guys are producing the shows, you guys, that I want to start getting back to in uh, executive producers, associate executive producers. And, you know, they're still experts, but this is just another way. To thank people for coming in and supporting the show. And my thought on executive producerships for a show is this. Uh, to start off with, any donation over $50 will automatically be an executive producer. If none comes in for $50 or more for that show, the highest donation for that show will be the executive producer. And then everything Beyond that, we'll just be associate executive producers until that list starts getting so long that we need to rejigger that. But for now, that would be my thought. Does that sound like that works for you?
0: It totally works for me. But uh, the only thing is, I don't actually
1: know how to get things into the IMDb. I know, but somebody does. That's going to be important, you know, that somebody does. That way you can be a producer. I mean, no agenda. All the artwork is getting uploaded as credits all of their executive producership and associate, those are being uploaded to IMDB. So I could reach out. I mean, I know the guy that's doing the artwork for that and adding that. And uh, so we can get everybody, you know, their proper, proper, uh, you know, accolades that they need, but coming in number one today, which will be getting the executive producership will be Sir Kevin with 33, 33, no signaling at all with, with that amount. No question about it. He says in the morning, Again, no agenda reference. I started listening to the show recently and wanted to send some value back to you guys. Stay grumpy. Hey, there's no, you don't have to tell us to do that. That's going to happen no matter what. We're always going to stay grumpy. And we appreciate your support of the grumpiest podcast in the universe in the amount of 33, 33 Tango, Echo, Charlie, Uniform, whatever. Or is it Unicorn? Hey, you never know. Depends who's saying these things coming in next on the list, Surly Mofo with 2525 grumpy greetings, gents. Many thanks for the knowledge and opinion shared. Thank you, Surly Mofo, again, because we've seen your name quite often. And there's still there is still in the PayPal page. There's still one of Surly Mofo's donations that's just sitting there and has been pending. And again, it's okay. I don't care about it. I just want to make sure they didn't take the money from you. And it's just sitting in our pending page. I don't know what you did to make PayPal mad. It was about the time I was ranting about PayPal a lot. So maybe they were mad at us. I don't know. But I thought that's just a little bit weird. It's like, how long, how many weeks are they going to show that as pending? I don't know. It's probably always going to be pending and never going to go away. If you need further information, just to double check that, early mofo. Just send me an email, Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N at grumpy old Ben's dot com and i can give you the date that that one was from again just so i know paypal didn't take your money and put it in their own pocket coming in next sir quiston another there's a there's a definite link from the donors today and the folks that support no agenda and we appreciate it we're just basically riding the coattails of john c devorek and adam curry and we appreciate everybody that listens to No Agenda. And
0: and I think that we should continue doing that until we get bigger than them.
1: Right. And then they can ride on our coattails. That's why it's a, beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, Sir Quiston, 20 bucks, says PayPal messed up. This is a little bit late. Enjoyed the analysis of the last show and so glad I caught the extra hour of content as I was listening live. Yes, Sir Quistin. that is that is the secret of Grumpy Old Ben's. Is we often do another whole show right after Grumpy Old Ben's. <laughs> well cuz neither one of us
0: knows how to quit talking.
1: I know. So I mean we should just do 8-hour episodes.
0: Yeah, well that was that was last night. <laughs>
1: well yeah, well you but you tapped out. So you you're yeah. not the sole survivor.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm drinking coffee not whiskey and and it's coffee without whiskey which is probably a shame but
1: so you're saying that Sir Matthew has more lasting power than you do.
0: Uh no.
1: We all know it's for, true. For though.
0: one thing, I probably got 50 pounds on him,
1: which means you should be able to drink more.
0: I, I did. Did you not hear the part where I was drinking uh, cask strength whiskey at like 160 proof?
1: <laughs> okay. I don't believe 160 proof that I, seems, yeah, a, I, I don't know. <laughs> I could guess maybe a hundred, 120. actually th- it, was, it
0: was probably like one thirty. Yeah, but it was, it was cask strength whiskey. Was
1: it Booker's? I love Booker's.
0: It was 1792. Oh, nice. Nice. Which is. Pretty tasty. And it was kind of an expensive bottle.
1: You know, maybe maybe we should do a whiskey episode over the holidays since there won't be a lot of tech news. We should just talk whiskey. That could be interesting. If you have a favorite whiskey, of course, let us know. And if if we do that, we might have to bring uh, Bemlet on. That would be fine. I mean, would we have, are we just talking whiskey or are we drinking whiskey while talking whiskey?
0: Uh, is there any way to do the former? I've never
1: <laughs> known. Probably not. Next on the list, Herb Lamb coming in with fifteen bucks says, "I've only started listening a couple of weeks ago after hearing an episode on the No Agenda stream. See, it helps when Grumpy Old Benz runs after the big show, runs yeah. after well, No Agenda." Well, fortunately,
0: I know the guy who who sets that up.
1: That's good. I mean, it's it'd be nice to him. Don't do anything that would that would piss him off.
0: I see. He's kind of a dick. It's it's hard not to speak my opinion of him sometimes. I won't argue that
1: as a fellow dude named Ben, 50 years old, typically grumpy and a huge no agenda fan. I'm happy to have found the show. It's a nice mix of useful tech information. And then in parentheses, not twit and politics. So uh, keep up the excellent work. Thank you. Or we will. Uh, and yes, we are not. Twit. We're,
0: you know, we're, we're way more politically opinionated than they are, but at least we make up for it by having actual useful information about about uh tech yeah I know. as opposed to, you know you, you know believe it or not one of the things okay one of the things that that made me kind of abandon twit was that uh leo was a little too full of himself and they kept hemorrhaging the useful hosts like tom Merritt. um but probably the thing that drove me away the most was realizing that i could get everything that i got out of twit by just reading press releases. Cause that was all they did was they got a press release from some company about some product and then they would bring the product on and gush over it. And right. there's certainly a space for that YouTube. Um, but that's absolutely not the kind of show I want to do.
1: Well, and if you'll, I mean, if you'll notice, if you look at my YouTube channel again, Darren O'Neill reviews, which is what it is over at YouTube and what the stuff that we cover here on grumpy old Ben's, if I get a product, even if they send it for free and it sucks, I'm going to tell you it sucks. And Leo never seems to tell you the product sucks, or it's very rarely. You know, I don't know what yeah. it's been like lately, but yeah, we don't need just a press release. I want somebody that has taken the product, has used it, and then was able to give it a uh, you know an accurate review. And that's something that's yeah. so hard to get online now when it comes to and then, Amazon. And the, and,
0: the other thing that, of course, it It's insincerity that drives me away from any product. It's if, if I know somebody is lying to me, I don't want to listen to what they have to say. And, uh, there is another a thing that we don't do. In fact, uh, we are, we are in the segment that we do instead, which is if you take advertising, you are automatically insincere. And that was another thing that really bothered me about all the Twitch shows was when they would do an ad read it didn't matter what the product was it was the greatest thing that leo had ever personally used and he used it every single day and it was an invaluable part of his life right up until they stopped paying him and then you never heard about it again and uh the insincerity is dripping from that but it is that is an inherent characteristic of any podcast that takes ads uh I was listening to uh, who are these podcasts live, which is a show that I know you hate it, but I actually I really do like
1: not hate it. You,
0: you hate it and you hate Carl and you think he's a total jerk. And I or,
1: subscribe anyway. to who are these podcasts, but I, I'm not, I'm not buying manscaping stuff from there. But sponsor. yeah, that
0: was what, <laughs> what he was talking about when he, when he drops in and, I don't know. The, the latest one live was absolutely fucking fantastic live because, uh, Vinny, the co-host, who I don't think that episode's dropped yet. He recorded it on Wednesday. Um, but Vinny, the co-host was not participating in the live ad read and Carl was getting so pissed about it because uh, this is, this is how Carl makes his money on the podcast is, is he has to sound excited about shaving his balls. <laughs> he has to get out there and and make you believe that he uses this one company's product and rubs it on his testicles every single day and shaves them silky smooth and i mean admittedly it's a good it's a good sponsor for that show because it's so (laughs) fucking ridiculous but but he like in order to keep his advertiser happy, he has to make you believe that he personally manscapes all the time. And I, yeah, and I, I don't I want to speculate whether that's true or not, but I'm <laughs> skeptical.
1: Have you tested? Have you checked? I don't know.
0: But that's I, where I, I'm not. I'm not currently <laughs> scheduling any trips out to Rochester to verify.
1: And I'll say that my wife ordered me like a year or so ago some a glow in the dark Star Wars boxer briefs for me undies. And it's something we heard on uh, Tell Them, Steve, Dave, and a bunch of other podcasts. And you're absolutely right. It's all you have to gush over the product. You have to say it's great. And I got the things. I mean, they weren't bad. I mean, I won't say they're the worst underwear I've ever had. Because, I mean, well, they're underwear. But I immediately picked them apart because I looked at the tag and it's like, hand wash only. And I'm like, fuck you. Hand wash your underwear only? It's like, no, I have a washing machine for that and really hot water and automated things. And, uh, you know, I will say that they held up for a while, but then they start falling apart. So my guess is they just can't handle the washing machine, which I'll go buy the cheap fruit of the loom stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and wash only
0: means these things are going to fall apart.
1: <laughs> yes. Which is why me yeah. will never sponsor grumpy old Ben's that. And for, for so many other reasons, there's no, uh, no question about it because that was something, uh, our buddy Larry from That Larry Show, who just dropped another great episode, just had another cross-country adventure. But when he started listening to random thoughts, he was like, well, you know, you're the one of the most authentic guys I've heard online. And I'm like, well, OK, that that's fine. And then he's like, you know, it's like you're you know, it really is the no BS kind of thing. And we don't put on airs. I mean, you're the same way, which is, I think, why. uh you know we get along well doing the show it's like nobody's schmoozing nobody's lying i just haven't found any airs that fit right right you got to find the bigger airs and uh, so i mean i took that as a big compliment from larry because we're just doing this not to uh, you know not to make a ton of money cuz podcasting is you have to take a vow of poverty to do that and you can tell when somebody is not being genuine if somebody's like oh i know that there's somebody else doing this that's making a lot of money so let me try this and I'll try to fake it. I don't think, uh, I don't think that works. I think people do see through that. And that's why we have, even though we're a relatively short, you know, as far as being around show, I mean, we're doing episodes, we're pumping them out like crazy, but I think that's why we're growing an audience. We've got people that are taking part in the value for value. Like Herb Lamb just did 15 bucks, new listener. We appreciate that. And we also have expert Yes, and you are an expert, as is Sir Omaha, who I'm coming in with him today. He sent in thirty-three thirty-three, but for Grumpy Old Ben's, it's just eleven eleven, because he said for all the shows. So it was for random thoughts. It was for the rock and roll pre-show and for Grumpy Old Ben's. So it's a it's a trifecta. So I mean, he, he basically likes me more than you, I think is what he was saying. But yeah, uh, I I I get that. I, get I understand. That's what you do. uh um, <laughs> Also coming in 10 bucks on a subscription just shows up every month. Keith Von Dyke. I don't think he's ever sent a note, but we want to say thank you, Keith, for supporting Grumpy Old Benz. And he also supports Random Thoughts Monthly. So we really appreciate Keith for that. And another guy that split it, which is our buddy Truck Driver, came in with uh 15 bucks. And that was also says, split this between the rock and roll pre-show, Grumpy Old Benz, and Random Thoughts. And he says, should I change my no agenda social handle to truck stop pooper your opinion matters and i'm like well i think you want to ask dame jay of the angry clouds who was airport pooper or maybe you guys can get together and you can like share the information you have about
0: i i, I feel like there's a huge opportunity here for a pooping social network
1: yeah i think that there is uh i mean i think there's a there's a connection here i think you guys should uh, figure that out exactly what that is you could go rule the world. Of of bathroom supplies and bathroom uh, r- 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 reviews, rather, and uh, and run with it. And uh, you know, I don't have on the list here, but I also had a, a check came in from our buddy De Medis, which was also split between random thoughts <laughs> and Grumpy old bands, which is probably why you don't have it here. So I want to thank him as well. And we did invite him out. We just need to figure out a day now because he threw down with you he- in the troll room.
0: I'm- I he. Yeah, he made a claim uh of which I, I will merely say I'm skeptical the claim was
1: he could outrant you I mean that is that is dropping the hammer I've met toddlers that can't out outrant me did you say that toddlers that can outrant you or can't outrant uh, you?
0: <laughs> no there there aren't very
1: many toddlers that can out rant me I would say uh, it'll uh, we gotta we
0: got he, ch- he said that he, he did however he gave a a Disclaimer He said, Well, he can only do that on the things that really piss me off. Um, and uh, I, I would just like to point out, um, that's my secret. I'm always pissed off.
1: Well, yeah, and see, that is that's what you have to do. Okay. Yeah, here, five bucks from David Metus and uh, and his wife. I don't know if she actually listens to the show. She's probably just on the bank account. I bet you she hates the show. Just a guess. I,
0: I mean, I wouldn't blame anyone for it. I might ridicule you, though, if you hate the show. Maybe but you won't listen to the show. So it's all good.
1: Yes. Let me make sure I add him to the list here. So this will go on in the show notes. So you want to check out his show, which is one of them's fun fact Friday that he does with his daughter, Lila, who, again, he was genius because he's taught her how to do like the audio processing and stuff. I can't even teach you that his 10 year old daughter can do it. So, I mean. Well,
0: you- if you teach me, you might start expecting me to do it, and that sounds too much like work. <laughs> that seems like
1: we're raising the bar too high. I'm saying you're you're going to be the guy in charge of the transcripts, and we need to. Get, I wish that the uh, the guys over at PowerPress, which is what Blueberry B L U B R R Y, whatever the company is that does PowerPress, which is the plugin that we use over at WordPress to generate the RSS feed. I wish they would add. The the lightning thing to it because according to Adam, there's thousands of dollars already going around that ecosystem with people using the. I guess okay, I'm these, getting
0: I'm getting tired of you complaining about this plugin. Somebody find
1: me the source code to this plugin. I will fucking add it. Yes, you can figure that one out. We'll get you the information because that it it's it's working now. We just need a lightning node, and we'll. It's all this Bitcoin stuff, all this crazy stuff that uh, because Adam Curry wants it to happen, it will work. At some point in the near future, all podcasts will he be
0: does have one of those personalities. And and Adam will definitely deny if if you ever make this comparison. But he has one of those Steve Jobs like personalities where his uh, optimism and enthusiasm is so infectious that it just makes you feel
1: like anything can happen and works. Well, and because he has enough people listening to him, I think when Adam Curry, the podfather, says hey, you know, what would be really cool is if the podcaster thing did this, this and this. And then there's like 100 people who are like, we can go that. Yeah, we could do it. And then it just happens. It's a thing of beauty. And if you're not watching what's going on at podcastindex.org and following that podcast, which forever, whatever reason, uh, Adam's still kind of doing that on the download. He actually records well, that show, it seems, while we're doing this live yeah, today. He's
0: recording it. I, I I presume he's recording it right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which I don't know, and maybe he would feel bad saying I'd like to do it live on the stream, but he doesn't even run the the completed shows on the stream. I,
0: I asked him once. I said, you know, do you want me to run podcasting 2.0 on the no agenda stream? He said, no, okay, whatever. Which is fine because the people who want to hear about that know how to go get it. It's a podcast. You can go get it. Nothing on the stream is is particularly exclusive to the stream, with the single exception of the live shows. For example, the Grumpy Old Ben's post show, that right. the second show we do every day, is only available via
1: the live stream. And that was my one question, too, which is, how do you monetize a live stream then? Because if people listening to hey, well, the recorded episode are paying by the minute by their donation because of this new Litecoin thing, then how does the live stream do it? You have to be able to throw this information out there. Is that even possible? Probably not because you're not listening to it in a podcast app. I mean, I,
0: yeah, I've got, how do you, how do you monetize a live stream? There's lots of companies that do exactly that. And the idea is um, first you need an app and then you need the app to enforce a paywall.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. Which is not what we want.
0: Either that, or you take the other route. That's very popular out
1: there, which is that you inject ads into the live stream. I guess uh, D.E. Mita says he's listening to us in a podcast app. What what app can you listen to podcast live? I
0: I imagine any app that that knows how I mean, VLC is an app, but it's not a podcasting app. Well, but what but what I mean is, is anything that can download and and play an Internet stream, that's easy enough to do.
1: You can listen live in podcast addict. How does this work? I have podcast addict. I didn't know you could listen live. Wow. Uh, Listen.noagenda stream.com. Oh, I guess you just add that <laughs> in. I didn't yeah. know. Well, there's a no agenda app too. Uh, but see, that's it. Now, no agenda is going to be like, wait, we don't want those 2000 people listening on Sunday because we can't monetize them. We, you know, for right. shows that have a bigger listening base that do live, I mean, that, that could be a thing. We need to figure out how to monetize the live stream. And
0: if if I recall the the stats when they were released, they they get about 2000 people listening live to each show and they get about (laughs) 800000 downloads. So that's 400 times more people download than listen live. It doesn't feel like live is is particularly the the big monetizable part of their podcast.
1: But we're getting there. But we appreciate everybody that supported this week. The grumpy old man's the grumpiest show in the universe d.e. meet truck driver keith von dyke sir omaha herb lamb sir Quistin, surly mofo and sir kevin a big week a big week for grumpy old Bands. that's a good sign that people want more more of the grumpy and we'll see maybe if there's a big big rush for next week though they're saying they want more hungover memros it's hard to say
0: it's it's hard to say anything when i'm that hungover. i'm just letting you know
1: it's hard to say and uh I wanted to say just to warn everybody out there to be careful. I've seen a few different things um, with the scams going around again, and some of them were like Microsoft, you know, people claiming they're from, you know, all sorts of different places calling you. My parents got a call and it was on my dad's cell phone, and that didn't set up the red flag for him for some reason, because he doesn't use the cell phone for anything. But they left a message saying, oh, you're a direct TV customer and we have an offer for you. So he called him back and they start giving him this whole thing. And he said they seem to know what his bill was. So I'm wondering if DirecTV was hacked, which is very possible that
0: I, I mean, they're the, the lowest tech version of doing that is uh, um, apparently my neighborhood recently has had uh, a mail prowler where somebody's just driving along, opening mailboxes and grabbing all the envelopes.
1: That could also be it and i'm not 100% sure where they got the information or if they really did or they were just close enough and were like hey we could save you x amount of percent but it got to the point where they said well you you have to pay this though with ebay gift cards and here's how you get the and it's like oh <laughs> but scam uh, <laughs> yes i mean very obviously a scam to you and me Uh, he didn't pick up on it right away. I mean, then knew enough to ask, you know, um, myself and my sister and, you know, other people like that. And so we like, no scam run. Like, should we report this to somebody? It's like, I mean, you could, but it's probably somebody in Russia or Nigeria or somewhere far, far away. So the best thing you could do is just never talk to anybody on the phone. And if somebody calls and says they're from direct TV, Rather than calling them back at the 800 number, which they left and they had a toll free number, go to your DirecTV bill and call them back and be like, hey, I want to talk to somebody about this offer. And if they say there is no offer, then, you know, but these scams are definitely out there. I mean, I remember my buddy Tom calling me the one day because he got something on his screen and was like, oh, this is Microsoft. Your computer has been bad (laughs) piracy and uh you know again for whatever reason called the number and it's like
0: but they never they never pronounce it right either it's always this is microsoft
1: yes yes (laughs) you know and
0: it's kind of like the you know when the when the nigerian 419 scams come out and they they misspell nigeria and you you just know that you know first of all the reasons they're the two reasons they're misspelling it one is so that it gets through spam filters because it doesn't say nigeria uh but two is. All of the people who look at this and go, this is unprofessional as shit. This is obviously a scam are also the people who are not going to fall for the scam. So they want to weed those out and get them to throw disregard the thing immediately so they don't take up their time on the phone. The only people they want calling are the people stupid enough to not even know how to spell Nigeria or
1: care that the (laughs) thing looks unprofessional. We need you to go to your local uh, CVC and get a thousand dollars in whatever gift cards. And they, they use right. different ones. But then, you know, and it's like, well, why do they use gift cards? Because once you give them the information from the gift card, they can't be tracked. That's that's why they use gift cards. This is so uh,
0: I have a ton more tech stories, but we're out of time. I don't know if you want any of them. Uh, uh, we've got uh, this. There's this huge FTC lawsuit uh, against Facebook. They want to break them up. Um, we can that can probably keep. Uh we've got details of a cyber attack against FireEye which actually that's kind of juicy ooh um and uh we've got Tulsi Gabbard's break up big tech act
1: is that part of the Facebook thing or is this just something uh, totally different no that's different? a totally different thing interesting yeah and no, we don't she, have- wants to re- she wants to repeal section 230 which you know um repeal i don't know does it need to be looked at and maybe uh have a little bit more detail added maybe
0: See, you're thinking of it with nuance just like everybody out there who is paying attention to the internet and kind of understands, but that's not what Congress people do. True. Congress people are like we either need new sweeping draconian legislation or we need to get rid of something entirely. Those are the only two things they know how to do.
1: Nuance is not something that Congress deals with. No, that's why they deal with sledgehammers and uh and why most of the legislation is so bad. That's one of the stories I had is that this this new uh, bill in this in the spending bill that may include a new uh, copyright act in a streaming making a streaming piracy a felony and there's a lot of stuff that again the usual suspects like the eff are like no but yeah (laughs) congress being congress that
0: would be just about as damaging to the internet as completely repealing section 230
1: yes well yeah once somebody you'll go back to and i think this is kind of what it went I don't. If you're in the EU, report on this because I thought there was a law that went into place there um, a few months ago, back around the pandemic time, that was going to make sharing like the wrong memes. It was going to be bad news, and I don't know how that all actually uh, ended up shaking out, or if that's even enforceable, or what you can do to uh, to protect yourself. Because I don't think a lot of people even realize it's like, oh, I'm going to grab a screen capture from my favorite movie and add some text. It's like technically illegal
0: yeah. uh well it, it in so much as it violates the copyright act but it right which technically it, it not illegal. Be difficult it would not be de- you know pulling a meme though would not be difficult to argue fair use uh under the de minimis clause
1: the de minimis clause
0: uh it basically says uh your your uh, copyright is designed to protect if you uh, if you take the whole copyrighted work or or a significant portion thereof right. and if the portion that you're taking is so small that it would be impossible to reproduce from that the original work in in any real capacity then that's that's kind of it's called a de minimis i I yes, might be mispronouncing is, it.
1: it it's a question if you're adding enough unique extra content to it as far as say the text that yes. you're adding to it to make it a unique thing and uh it goes down that slippery slope the whole concept of the case act would be for would be allow for a board to be set up in the copyright office which would allow people to enforce their copyright with have without having to go to court which you know it's good yeah. for people that like they said like a photographer who would cost way too much to go and actually take the thing to court if somebody was using their work, I get again that the government sometimes was like, we want to help the little guy. And the end result is we're going to screw everybody.
0: Uh, No, no. Most government action is the opposite of helping the little guy. It's it's helping the big companies that have lobbyists and bucking over the little guy. Seems like that way. Seems that, that that's way. how government works. Yeah. Um. Uh, what was I going to say? It doesn't matter. I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I had something really profound, but it's gone
1: see that happens a lot what? yeah it's kind of the story of this show what was the fire eye thing we got like five minutes okay. so can you do FireEye uh, in five minutes
0: i can do the fire eye it's it's pretty simple FireEye, uh they had a breach uh fire is a uh a, an internet security firm um they do a lot of of pen testing they do a lot of uh of security research um they had a breach and they are uh, coming forward and, and pointing out and admitting what happened with this breach, which I think is pretty responsible. Uh, the main thing that was, uh, was removed was their pen test tools known as red team. Um, by the way, they, they believe that this breach was state sponsored judging by the, uh, the characteristics of the attack and, and in particular, the breadth and how uh, part of the attack was overwhelming some of their defenses. Nice. Um, which is, is not the kind of thing that your average hacker can do. Um, they are currently working with the FBI. They, they listed, they're working with, uh, the FBI and, uh, computer firms like Microsoft in order to find out who did this. So, okay. I, you know, actually Microsoft has a pretty in-depth computer security division. They really, I mean, they don't get a hell of a lot of, uh, credit because their their primary task is deal with problems caused by microsoft and windows but um they're pretty damn good at what they do um anyways so the red team pen test tools uh quote ranged from simple scripts used for automating reconnaissance to entire frameworks that are similar to publicly available technologies such as cobalt strike and metasploit um so FireEye had a pretty advanced set of of tools and scripts and resources for the purpose of hacking into things um they called it red team and it was designed for or when some you know pen testing where some client will say can you come check our security and they go check your security and tell you everything that's wrong so that you can shore it up that's um it, it's white hat hacking um Apparently, what FireEye believes was a state actor managed to get in and steal a significant portion of these tools. Nice. Um, now they point out; they're quick to point out there were no zero-day vulnerabilities in any of the tools. Uh, all of them were were things that have been companies have been notified about and patching. Um, the one thing that FireEye has done is uh, they they had countermeasures for a lot of their tools um they went and went ahead and developed countermeasures for the remainder um and there is now a public github repo containing the countermeasures for their red team tools so if you are at all concerned that some of these tools might be used against you um the article the well the press release from FireEye will be in the show notes and that contains a link to their github repo which contains all of the countermeasures and things that you will need if you think that you are going to be attacked by these red team tools and in five minutes i'm not going to be able to get into any of the particulars or specifics of of their hacking but um i i dug through the github repo a bit and there is some really sophisticated shit in there that if you operate a publicly facing site that you think state actors are going to want to get into You might want to check it out and and at least see what you're up against.
1: It could be helpful to figure out, which is interesting, because that was Red Team was the name of the operation. Demo Dick Marchinko, the guy that created Navy SEAL Team 6, when uh, when they start testing the government installations that was under code name, uh, code name uh, Red Team. So they were the ones going in, breaking into like U.S. government installations. And then being like, you know, leaving a card in the commander's desk, like we got you, and uh, that was red team. So I'm guessing there is That's, a, you know, a non- I, I,
0: I had ne- I'd never heard that story. That's kind of a cool story. Um, oh, the I, I I the one uh, the origin story I had supposed from this was more about online g- gaming, where you have a uh, you know two. A bunch of players get together and they go in you know, Call of Duty, Counter-Strike, any kind of gaming system where there will be a red team and a blue team. And the so one of the you know, I always interpret it as just uh, the team on the other side who are trying to get in and comp- or take your flag or something.
1: I like your explanation a lot better, though. Yeah, that was uh, the book, I believe, is called Red Cell. But yeah, Red Team. Uh, this is the interesting stuff. You got to test your own security. No question about it. Which state do they think was behind this? A China, Russia. It's
0: usually China.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm sure more information will come out. Uh, pretty
0: much the the only two uh, states when when somebody says state-sponsored hacking Almost always means either China or the United States, because those are the two states with significant infrastructure in cybersecurity who are very secretive, have vested interests in dominating the Internet for their own personal uses and manipulating everybody thereupon. Um, yeah, it's, it's either China or the U.S. And given that this was a U.S. company and they're working with the FBI, I put a little more credence on it being China. But pure speculation, not accusing anything. So if you want to send people to knock on my door, um, I, I I live over in
1: Illinois. <laughs> if it has election interference uh, involved in it, then it could be from the United States. And I It'd need be. to bounce all my traffic through Washington. That's why you need the Winston device. No, no. I, I
0: On your video, you had the the map of all the places available to you. I saw there was one in Portland,
1: but nothing in Washington. Oh, well, that switches. That changes all the time. That's the beauty of it. But, hey, we'll be following this story and more when we'll be back. Well, let's see, Monday, just uh, three days from now for more fun, grumpy old Ben's coverage. We thank everybody for listening live to the show. When we do these, uh, it's over at NoAgendaStream.com. We do them at noon Eastern pretty regularly on Mondays and Fridays. So NoAgendaStream.com is a place you want to check that out. And, of course, thanks to everybody listening to this through your favorite podcast app. Until next time, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of Middle America, just outside of Chirac, where our politics are just like our ribs, greasy. And from America's left
0: coast, where there's no place like local host, there's no place like local host, Ryan Bemrose. <laughs>